Hey everyone, welcome. We're doing another Devo today and Pat and I are excited that you have chosen to listen with us along and dig into some more parables, right Matt? Or Pat, I called you Matt. Who's Matt, Pat? I'm not sure who Matt is, but uh, it's me, Pat. And uh, Good, yeah, there we go. I, I'm excited to uh, dive into another devotional. And on Wednesdays, we've been going through different parables out of the gospel of Matthew. Uh, two weeks ago, we did the parable of the sower last week. We did the parable of the weeds and today we're going to check out the parable of the mustard seed and yeast out of Matthew chapter 13. That sounds like two parables to me. It sounds like two parables and we're going to cover both anyway, because it's lumped together in my Bible as one big parable. And it's also only five verses. Oh, that sounds pretty, uh, pretty doable. Matthew. What is it again? Matthew 13. You said Matthew no. 13, 13. Okay. And verses. we're going to start on verse 31 and go through 35. Here we go. I, I will read it. It says this starting at verse 31. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke of these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So unlike the other parables that we, we've checked out so far, this one does not have an explanation later on that we can kind of look at. So our thoughts are kind of just on our own. And that's might good because right. I feel like, you know, this week it's like the training wheels are off. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we might be right. We might be wrong, but we might not know. You know, it's parables are, are good for interpretation and uh, practical application, depending on where you are in your life. And so this is just our snapshot of what we think this parable is all about. Two of them this time. And the cool thing about it, too, is when we pray and we ask God to, to reveal this stuff to us, the Holy Spirit is is the greatest interpreter of Scripture because the Holy Spirit is the one who inspired all Scripture. So it's kind of like we get to, you know, if, if it is encoded, right, you think like a code is happening on one end when it was written um, in parable form. Now we're on the other end of this and now we are, we are decoding uh, what's happening. Now, what's crazy about the Bible is it's not like it's some big secret hidden mystery. A lot of it's just right there. And, uh, and that's what I like about it, especially in the gospels. There's a lot of stuff that's just kind of straight up. So hopefully this won't be too, uh, too difficult to, to decode or to unpack or to understand, but um, let's just jump right in Pat with uh, the first verse. Yeah, you know, verse 31, you know, it starts off as Jesus explaining a parable. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which, um, uh, which a man took and planted in his field. Now, 
this is a uh, kind of different. It says that mustard seeds are super small and when they grow, they turn into a huge plant. And I actually don't know if I've ever seen a mustard seed. Oh yeah, I have. You know, you All can right. go to any, almost any grocery store and you can buy mustard seeds. Oh, wow. In the spice aisle. And they're really small. Like, they're probably, I mean, if you Googled it right now, they're probably about the size, I would say like a millimeter across or something like that. Maybe even, maybe even smaller than that. I'm going to Google it right now and it's going to tell me exactly how. Okay, so it says a mustard seed is about one to two millimeters across, which is about four hundredths to eight hundredths of an inch, something like that. That's so they're small, <laughs> teeny tiny little itty bitty things. Yeah, and then from my understanding, mustard a mustard tree doesn't look like your normal tree. It's kind of like a giant bush. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what I've seen with them. But you know, it, uh, a giant a giant bush as it grows and gets bigger and bigger can be pretty big. Right. Uh, yeah. It can be like you know they can kind of grow up to you know, taller than you are. Right. So it's not like it's, so in here it says that it's, um, the largest of garden plants, which I don't know what makes a garden plant versus a wild plant. I guess you wouldn't (laughs) plant like a redwood tree in your garden. That doesn't really make sense. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, But if you think about a garden, most of the things that grow like in a vegetable garden, maybe the tallest thing that you'd have would be like a stalk of corn or something. I don't, really know much about gardening but that might be like the tallest thing you'd have a lot of things would only be like uh like for instance most tomato plants you're thinking of something that might be like waist high maybe a little bit taller but a mustard seed when you plant it it's one of the smallest seeds it's tiny uh but it does grow to be um kind of the biggest of something that someone would plant in their garden yeah so i i've uh, read this parable before and my thought on it on what it's trying to say and now jamie you're you're the official pastor here you know the kingdom of heaven very small i think of a person that's living on this planet today that knows nothing about christ doesn't know that christ Mm. exists anything and that person is like the mustard seed. And then all of a sudden Christ is introduced into their life, whether it's from someone that they know, or they randomly decide one day, I'm going to go check out this church thing, or I'm going to go to this seminar and someone talks about it. And then they accept Christ into their lives and they grow and grow in their relationship in Christ. And that's like kind of like the first leaves of the plant coming up. Hmm. And then at the end, it says the plant will grow so big that birds will come and perch in its branches. I think that as the same person has grown in their relationship with Christ so much that now they are going out and telling other people about Christ. And those are those birds that that's talking about are other people that might not know who Christ is that this person is introducing them to. So that's how I've always thought about this, this parable. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that, that sounds great, man. I love the way that you put that. Um, It's a common theme, I think, that goes throughout scripture where you have these small groups of people or this small idea or something that starts small and it growing and multiplying and becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, So, you know, that's kind of like 
uh, going all the way back to the beginning, you know, God started with, with a word speaking the earth into creation and it became this big giant thing. And then God had people and there was, you know, you had Adam and Eve who were there and then that turned into a lot of people. And then you have things like, you know, even, even for example, Noah and the ark, and you only had two of each kind of animal. And then there were seven of the clean ones or whatever. People don't normally remember that part, but whatever. Um, so you have a small amount of animals that fit in this arc. And then from that, uh, it grows into something that's bigger. Um, and then you even get to like the story of Abraham and Abraham is told to leave, uh, to leave where he lives and to go into this other land. And he does. And he has this, you know, little bit of faith that he brings with him to do this. And then God's promise is that I will make, you know, your ancestors, your descendants more numerous than the stars in the sky. So this is like a continual thing that keeps happening uh, in the Old Testament as we look at, and even in the New Testament, as we look at small things becoming bigger things. So like another example would be in the New Testament, you have um, Jesus leaving this is after he tells the story, right? Jesus leaves just a small number of disciples. He really had 12 disciples. One betrayed him and then took his own life. And then uh, you have this small group of people who were followers of Jesus and their numbers were under a couple hundred. And really a lot of them had even, like Peter had even denied Christ. Uh, and then he's reinstated, but you have this really small number of people. If you think of the grand scheme of, you know, how many people even were in Jerusalem, how many people were in Israel, how many people were in the Mediterranean, how many people were in the world? There's, a, there's you know, millions and millions of people at this point in history, and only a handful of them knew anything about the kingdom of God. But that would turn into what is now considered the largest religion, the, the largest, uh, faith in the world is people who follow Jesus. Now that's pretty impressive that something that small would become that big. And it also comes back to another theme. And this is, you know, most people who study the gospels, they continually look to the same theme and it's this idea of the kingdom of, of heaven or the kingdom of God. And it's a really big, big concept. Like, what is the kingdom of God? Does that mean like heaven in the future? Does the kingdom of God mean where God is in charge? Because last time I checked, God's in charge of everything. Uh, there's nothing outside of his power. So wouldn't that be everything? You know, what exactly is this kingdom of God? And I guess it must grow, right? So <laughs> it's something that maybe starts small and then grows, which are the are these two different uh parables. The last part of this, verse 32, it says, you know, that when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants um, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. What, what do you think that's about? Well, kind of like what I said, I think the birds are other people coming to, uh, coming to form a relationship with Christ or being introduced to Christ for the first time uh, that, you know, like I said, the, at the beginning, the man who doesn't know Christ at all introduced to Christ. That's the mustard seed. His relationship with Christ is like a mustard seed. And it grows so big to the point that he then is discipling other people and being a disciple yeah. and teaching other people about, about yeah. Christ. I think, I just think those birds are just, uh, 
you know, people that, you know, like kind of like you and me, we're kind of like birds in, in a greater uh, tree here because we're kind of talking about Christ and learning from each other. So I just think it's the community of followers that are coming in. So I watched a YouTube the other day and there's this guy testing mustards. He literally was like saying he's a condiment expert. <laughs> wow. And he had little tiny plastic spoons and he would get these two jars of mustard and he would dip into one of them and like smell it and then like taste it and then tell like give you all these tasting notes on mustard. And I'm like, I don't think I want that job. Maybe an yeah. ice cream taster. That sounds pretty good. I mean, I could probably even handle ketchup, maybe. I don't know. But, like, this guy's just <laughs> straight up eating mustard with a spoon wow. and talking about it like it's a fine wine. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so see, much- I, don't, I don't even like mustard, so <laughs> I wouldn't even... I, if I saw that recommended on my YouTube, I would I would downvote it. I'd say, forget this. Don't ever show me this again. I think that's where this uh, that's where this parable kind of loses it a little bit for me, uh, Is is I do like mustard, but, like... I don't think like, man, I could sure really go for like a a bowl of mustard right now. Like, you know, it's like an extra, it's like a bonus. It's like a spice. It's like add something to it. Again, I don't think that's the point of it. Um, But when I look at the birds that are a part of this, right? When we look at birds in, uh, in scripture, a lot of times they're in the, under the context of God protecting or sheltering something, right? Like Jesus even says earlier in Matthew, look at the birds of the air, um, and God is the one who protects and feeds them. Uh, there, there's this just kind of cool idea that that the birds need shelter and they can be under the shelter of, of God and that a tree is kind of synonymous with God's kingdom and God's growth uh, and God's stability and God's power and God's wisdom. So you have a lot of like images kind of coming together. And in fact, there's so many different images there that I think it's kind of good when we look at this, this parable to just stop and say, well, what is, what does it mean to me when I think about something like a seed that's so small growing into something that's massive? What does that mean to me? Uh, how, how do I identify it with that? And what is, what is it about God and God's kingdom that it can grow like this? Um, and I would say one thing you can look at is don't underestimate something that's small in God's kingdom. And maybe, Absolutely. for instance, you feel small in God's kingdom, right? You might feel yeah. today like, I, I'm not significant. I'm not going to make a difference. I can't uh, shelter uh, other people. I can't disciple other people. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not powerful, big enough. I don't have the right ordination. I don't have title of pastor. I don't have, you know, there's all of these things we place on top of ourselves uh, and make ourselves feel smaller and smaller and smaller. And I think maybe even the disciples were feeling that when Jesus was telling them this. And instead, Jesus is like, no, no, no. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It gets planted in a field and it becomes the biggest thing in the garden. So yeah. don't underestimate the power of God in your life when you're willing to let God work through you, right? So God can do amazing things through you because the kingdom of God is not something that is small. It's something that is continually growing and God's going to continue to grow in that and grow you through that. So let's move into the second part of this. This is like kind of two for one parables. Boom. Yeah. Two for one. The second parable comes in at verse 33 and it says, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. 
Now I have a thought about this one too, because obviously I've, I've read it before and we just read it now. My thought about this verse that I've thought for a long time is the, the yeast that the woman is mixing through 60 pounds. The woman kind of represents, in my opinion, a pastor of a church. And the yeast is like the word of God and the pastor, their job is to kind of like work the word of God through the congregation and, you know, yeast will latch on to different molecules and however it works. I don't know all the chemistry on it, but it'll latch on to certain parts of, of bread or whatever it's in stronger than others. And that's kind of like our, our faith. You know, some people in a congregation have stronger faith or have been Christians for a very long time or very wise. And some people are very new to faith and it's up to the, the woman to kind of, or the pastor to really work the flower all the way through and kind of get everyone more or less to the same place, even though that everyone being at the same place all in one time, in my opinion, in a church is going to be incredibly rare, but that's like their, their job and what they're called to. So that's how I've always thought about this one. Yeah, man. Yeast, uh, yeast is a crazy thing. I know a lot of people in quarantine right now, just looking at social media for a while, it seemed like everyone was a baker, right? Yeah, everyone was right. baking a loaf of bread, <laughs> like everyone and their mom and their cousin and their dog. Um, it was like crazy. There's like bread being baked all over. I think now that summer kind of things got warmer, people aren't as eager to fire up the ovens, uh, right. as the heat kind of rolls in here where we, where we're at, but Maybe when fall kind of settles in, that'll start to happen again. But so people are starting to bake and they're baking with yeast. And a lot of folks have never baked with yeast before. And when you bake with yeast, uh, it's it's kind of a, a whole different thing. And yeast is so small. Like if you thought like if you thought um, that a mustard seed is small, a mustard seed is really small, right? We're yeah. talking one two millimeters across. Right. Yeast cell cells, I just looked this, this up, the average yeast cell is between three and four micrometers, which are one thousandth of a millimeter. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So take, you know, think about a, a yeast cell being about 500 times smaller than a mustard seed. Yeah. This wow. is how tiny we're talking about. A little tiny deal. Um, and so we have this little tiny, tiny, tiny thing. It, but even though it's super small, when it's mixed into the dough and the right process happens and it starts to do, it gets throughout the entire dough and it actually makes this thing rise, right? Yeah. So yeast produce gas that, that, makes, that makes stuff rise. And the crazy thing about yeast is it's so small, you can't see it. Right. Right. You can't even see it. You don't even know. The only way that you know that it's in the dough is by watching what the dough does. Right. By seeing if it rises. Yeah. So when I think about yeast uh, and I think about how powerful it can be, you know, like, I don't know, tortillas are pretty good. You know, breads that are like kind of flat, like that's kind of cool. But uh, a nice like big loaf of bread, that's like really good, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I have no problem with like flat breads or whatever, but uh there's uh there's something cool about about when you have a nice big like loaf of bread. I remember the first time I had sourdough in San Francisco and I was like, what is this magical thing that I've never <laughs> had before in my life? This is incredible. Yeah. And that began my battle with carbs for the rest uh -oh. of my life. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, like you said, yeast, you can't see it. You can't see it at work, you know, and same with people's faith. You, you can't, you look at someone and not talk to them. You can't just see someone walk by and go, that person has a lot of faith. You know, right. it's, it's just like, I can not see how, the faith inside of them. Right? Yeah. They, they're wearing the right jacket or they have the right, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of the same idea. And, true, man. and it's also cool. I've read a little bit about yeast. There's some restaurants that make their own sourdough bread and they yes. are using the same yeast from yes. like hundreds of years ago, like for, right. for forever. And, you know, people, faith is also kind of timeless. You know, faith is, can be used and is used and is practiced and learned for hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, even yeah. by one person, you know, 80, hundred years, if they started, if they became a Christian at a young enough age. So yep. yeast and faith really oddly go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy. You know, like you're saying, you can look at someone from the outside and not really know what's going on with them, what's going on in their heart. You know, are, are they following the Lord? But, but one thing that you can't deny is you look at the actions, right? What, what are they producing? What's happening? Right. Yeah. Uh, and so Jesus, this, this gospel, this good news, God's kingdom will eventually in the, the following centuries here is going to get mixed throughout the entire world. Um, you know, it's going to go as far as Rome with Paul and, and then it's going to get kind of mixed around into the world. And yeah. like you said, that original starter, <laughs> that original seed of faith that began is, is the same thing right? It just, it keeps growing. It keeps right. expanding. Uh, it's right. not necessarily, it's not a different faith. It's the same faith. Why is it the same faith? Because it's the same God, right. it's the same God who we worship, the same Holy Spirit, the same Jesus, the same yeah. father. Right. And you know, just real, we're almost out of time with this Devo. I just want to really touch on verse 35. It says, so was fulfilled what the, what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. And sorry for the, some of the background noise. There's something going on over in the, in my kitchen. And I'm not really sure what. I think it's probably <laughs> bread is going to be baked pretty soon. Bread is, is maybe going to get, the get oven's baked. going to get fired up. You're going <laughs> to, something like that. Well, <laughs> sorry, but maybe something with mustard. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to really touch on this though. It was spoken through the prophet, you know, Jamie, can you kind of walk me through what specifically that means? I kind of have an understanding, like someone predicted this was going to happen at some point, but I really want to want to know uh, a little more about it. Yeah. So Right. What was said through the prophet, um, this quote that's under here, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter, um, hidden, uh, utter things hidden since the creation of the world. In a lot of Bibles, there'll be a little footnote. It might be like a letter, like in mine, it's a C a and you can look at that footnote and it'll tell you where that comes from. So this is actually from Psalm 78 verse two, which says this, right? I will open my mouth and in, in uh, with a parable, I will utter things from of old. What is happening here is that that they're seeing or that Ma Matthew, the author of this, is passing on this information and saying, Jesus is speaking in parables. And when he's speaking in parables, it's not just because he came up with this as the best way to teach. He is actually fulfilling this Old Testament 
prediction, this Old Testament prophecy that God is going to speak to his people in parables. And so there's a lot of this sort of prophetic stuff from the Old Testament that we see in the New Testament. And in this case, we have uh, a pretty strong um, uh, connection right to um, this Psalm 78. Awesome. Thanks. Well, you know, that's all the time we have. And uh, thank you for tuning in to this Devo on the parables. Yeah, and the next time you have a nice piece of bread with some mustard on it, think about these two parables uh, going together. Um, you know, I know you don't probably all eat mustard bread, but, you know, at some point maybe you'll have a sandwich, maybe there'll be some mustard and some bread. Think about the uh, the kingdom of heaven when you do. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.